Hello, hello. Welcome to today's episode of the Acknowledged Dogs podcast. I am your host, Michael Aceta, owner of Matador Canine Brilliance and author of the Dog Training Cheat Codes. Thank you for being here. I appreciate, as always, you being here and educating yourself on your dog's knowledge and behavior and acknowledging their existence as something deeper, something that we actually have to work towards improving and bettering our relationship with them. It's not something that just naturally happens. Let's acknowledge dogs together and jump right into it. Welcome to today's episode, guys. Today, we're going to be talking about crate training, more specifically, the three major mistakes that I see so many people doing. I like to point out the mistakes for you guys, not because I think that I'm better than you and I just want to harp down on your inaccuracies and that kind of thing. No, the, the reason I point out those mistakes is that you so you can avoid them. I've made these same mistakes myself, and I've seen over thousands and thousands of dog owners make the exact same mistake, and I don't want to see it continued, honestly. To have the conversation over and over and over again is boring to me. I don't find it reinforcing. It's punishing even. If I could stop everybody from making these three mistakes, which is part of my goal in life, to stop people from making the common mistakes of the, the common dog owner, If I could stop that, then I could be at peace. (laughs) And I'm not at peace until I stop that. So here's the three big mistakes. Let's start off with number one. Number one, one of the biggest mistakes in crate training is not doing crate training. It's actually avoiding teaching the crate, avoiding the crate altogether, actually. You have to get your mindset right about this. If you're going into crate training as a punishment, and you don't want your dog to be in there, and you you don't find the value in teaching your dog how to exist in a crate comfortably and in a calm state of mind, then one, you're not going to dedicate yourself to actually going through the process of teaching your dog to enjoy the crate. Any resistance you get, you're going to justify or say, oh, well, of course they're crying in the crate because they don't want to be in there. And you're going to find all these excuses as to why you should let them out of the crate or why you shouldn't put them in the crate in the first place. And we're going to talk about the other two mistakes, which kind of bounce off that. But if you're avoiding crate training, take this as a sign. You're avoiding crate training because you are justifying some part of your dog not liking the crate. Maybe you don't like being confined. That's a possibility, right? That empathy we have towards our animals is huge, and it influences our emotions and decisions, our behavior. But you got to get your mind right about this, and I'm going to help you do that here. The crate is not a bad thing. And I'm not just going to keep saying that until you understand it, but the crate isn't a bad thing. It's only a bad thing if you make it a bad thing. When you were a kid and your parents sent you to your room because you got in trouble, your room wasn't inherently bad. You maybe had toys in there. You slept in there every night. You had no problem with your room. But when the association is paired with being in trouble, you go to your room and now it's seen as a punishment. Hey guys, I just want to take a moment to thank today's sponsor. The sponsor for today's episode is Anchor. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. First of all, it's free, and there's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will even distribute your podcast for you, so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership, and it's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. That's where this podcast was made, and maybe that'll be where your podcast will be made. Download the free Anchor app or go to Anchor FM to get started.
Most of the time, I think parents send their kids to the room so that they can calm down so that they don't overreact. They say, go to your room. Now the parent can at least think about and maybe clean up the mess that their kid made or handle whatever trouble they may be in. And then they can go talk to their child and figure out what's going on with them so that this behavior doesn't happen again. It also gives the child the time to dissect and think on their own, reflect on their own actions. And maybe they come to a solution. And maybe I'm just being uh, optimistic here. (laughs) I only have a two year old and he hasn't thought about these things yet, but maybe he will as he gets older. I certainly know I did. As a kid, when I got in trouble, I went to my room before being told. I remember very specifically my brother and I playing in the backyard. I accidentally hit him. I walked myself to my room and I sat down on the edge of my bed and I just held my head in my hands and I just waited. I knew I was in trouble. I knew it was a problem. But for me, I was able to reflect and immediately realize I had done something wrong. I then went and apologized to my brother and we moved on from it. Sure, I still hit him when, as we got older, but I started to learn how to reflect on my actions. And that might be something intentional from parents who send their kids to their bedroom. That is not what happens when you send your dog to a crate, right? Dogs don't think that way. Despite what we might feel and see with our dogs, right? We answer for more size, their behaviors, their actions, their emotions and feelings. Just because it might seem like they're doing something out of spite or they feel sorry or they seem jealous, those things don't necessarily mean the same thing they do for humans, for people. They're very, very different. So when you send your dog to a crate, I want you to think about sending a kid to their room to go play video games or to go relax or go take a nap. It's not go to your room because you did something bad. Go to the crate because you did something bad. If we only ever do that, then yes, we will create a negative association to it. And we're going to get in more depth about negative associations later. That's actually number two, building a negative association. But I want you to just start to grasp the concept that the crate is a good thing. It is a wonderful thing. Not only for management, for safety of your dog. Let's talk about the safety here. If something happens to your dog, they break a toenail. Where is the best possible place for them to exist? In a confined space. They can't run around and damage the nail. You can wrap up the nail so that they're not ripping it on other things and getting infected. You can take the crate. If you have a small dog, you can put the dog in the crate and then the crate into the car. Or you can carry your big dog or walk your big dog into the crate in the car. So it's not walking all over your car, getting blood everywhere, damaging the car and possibly further injuring the nail. Right. So we we have control there. We can manage the situation so much better. Not to mention, if you crate train your dog effectively and they love being in the crate, when you have to bring them to the vet, especially now with COVID and not being able to really go into the vet's offices, they're going to be put into a crate. Your dog's going to be taken to the vet from you. Right. You bring them to the counter. They take them. Boom. They go inside. They might go in a crate for a minute or two especially if you're going to do, be doing surgery or something more advanced where they have to stay for a longer period of time. They're definitely going in a crate. And while they're in a crate, do you want them to be stressed or do you want them to be comfortable? There's already stress with having left you in a new environment with semi-strange people or fully strange people. Right? They might know their vet really well or they might not. Or the vet techs or whatever. Maybe their vet is off that day and you went in just to, as an emergency And now they're even more stressed out. Wouldn't you rather have a dog that 
the stress being added isn't because of a lack of training, isn't because a lack of being able to be in a crate comfortably. It's actually because of the things that are going on in that moment, right? The, the broken nail or the busted cheek or the bitten lip, whatever it is, they're stressed about that already. Why add on top of that being shoved into a crate when if they had learned it when they were younger and they were accustomed to it or not younger, just they learned it through training. They had no problem going into the crate and there's no bad notions to it. So you have to think about crate training as a preventative concept. I'm training my dog to enjoy the crate for all the times that I'm going to need it. Even if it's not as extreme, wouldn't it be easier for you to vacuum the house without your dog chasing the vacuum or without your dog constantly putting more hair where you just vacuumed? My dogs don't mind the vacuum, but they'll run around away from the vacuum. They're not afraid of it. They just get out of the way. But that means that I have to now wait or I have to move around. And it's just, it's, yes, it's not stressful. Is it a first world problem? Absolutely. Is it easier for me to just put my dog into a crate? Yes. And that's why I do so. So if there's something like that, if I got to mop the floors, I don't want to mop the floor and then have my dog step on the soapy water, possibly slip, get injured, right? I'm always thinking about the worst case scenario here with being injured. But if I have to mop the floor, I want the floor to be clean for a little bit, dry, and then I can have my dogs out. So I put them in a crate. You can relax there. If you have guests over and your dog's losing their mind, Every time a guest comes over, the crate might be a good place to manage the situation, at least until they calm down. So then they can come out and they can hang out with whoever came by. But you have to get your mindset right first. You will not go through the process of training the crate if you don't have your mindset right. The crate is a fine, wonderful tool if you use it appropriately. If you misuse it, it's awful. Absolutely awful. But if you use it appropriately, it's wonderful. So I kind of hinted at it earlier. Big mistake number two is building negative associations. We do this all too often. And I was actually just talking to a client recently who we had been training for a couple sessions here and they're not seeing the progress that they wanted. And so I, I was trying to dissect what they were doing and weren't telling me. And it came down to not building a positive association. The dog was actually getting worse because she would rush. And when you rush and you have to put the dog into the crate, without setting up the right scenario. Now we have a problem of the dog understanding there's a difference between training and non-training. They start to think, oh, well, you take out the treats and we go really slow when we're training, but when we don't train, you just shove me into the crate and now I have a problem, right? I don't wanna see that happen, one for the dog, two for the owner, because they're not getting the results, they're not gonna be happy with what's going on. So we, I'm glad we figured that out. Now we can get right back on track. So if you're going to go through the process of training the crate, you have to think about every other time you're using the crate. Why would you work so hard in any given training session to build positive associations, teach them that the crate is wonderful, teach them how to go into the crate, come out of the crate, hang out in the crate, do whatever they do in the crate, whether it's chewing or just laying down, taking a nap, enjoying themselves in the crate. Why would you go through all that effort and then still use it as a punishment or shove them in there when you're stressed or angry, slam the door closed because you're not controlling your emotions 100% of the time. We're human. That happens. Why would you go through all that work and then damage all of that work by building a negative association? 
Now, I'm a firm believer that positive associations are much stronger than negative associations, but not all dogs are the same. Some dogs are very sensitive. And if you do something negative one too many times, it will outweigh all of the trust you've worked on, all the trust you've built in those training sessions. It's just a matter of fact. If I'm working with a dog and I've done a hundred repetitions of having the dog go in and on the hundred and first, they go in and they catch their hip on the door, let's just say, and that scares the hell out of them. They might be very hesitant for the next hundred repetitions to go back in there, especially as we get back to the hundred and first repetition because of routines and patterns. They might, again, they might, depends on the dog. They might start to think that every 101st repetitions, they're going to catch their hip on the door. So at 202 repetitions, they're going to catch their hip on the door. At 303 repetitions, they're going to catch their hip on the door. So right when we get to there, they get more hesitant, if not hesitant the whole time. So if I see that happening, okay, I'm going to do a lot better of a job to manage the situation, make sure that they are successful 100% of the time. And I might even start to implement that in my training. If my dog is clumsy and constantly catches themselves on the door, maybe I put padding on the door and I actually practice rewarding that event. Heavily. Hot dogs, cheese, high value rewards. Whatever my dog doesn't like, I need to make sure they do like. They don't like going into the crate, turning around and laying down right away. I got to make sure they like that. They don't like bumping into the side of the crate. I was working with a nervous dog once. Very, very nervous. And we were introducing the crate. We started off just having her go in and out. She had no problem. Turns out after a couple repetitions, she started to really enjoy this. And even though she was nervous, she started to have some oomph. She would smack into that crate with all of her might. She would just smack into it, turn around, whip around, come right back out. She was super excited because she loved being in the crate. And because she loved being in the crate, and now we could do other fun things. We could go to the park and she was safe in the car being in the crate because of how nervous she was. She could have panted around, which could have distracted me as a driver and gotten hurt. I don't want that to happen. So I needed her to be comfortable in the crate and in different sized crates. So I needed to practice that as well, depending on what car she was going to be in, whether it's mine or my spouse's car. She needed to be comfortable with a bigger crate that would fit in my spouse's car or a smaller crate that fit in my car. Clearly, I'm not saying that. I shoved her into a crate that isn't appropriate for her size. But if I could give her ample room in my wife's car, then yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put it in my wife's car. So with that being said, that's number two, building negative associations. Do not go through all the effort of training your dog just to ruin it by building a negative association. Just don't do it. I mean, it, you, you're not going to go back through the process. Imagine losing 100 pounds. <clears throat> You lose 100 pounds. Then you start eating donuts every day because, yeah, I'm in great shape. I can eat whatever I want. Then you gain the 100 pounds back. You're Most likely, you are not going to go through the process again, at least for a while. You're not going to go through the process again of losing 100 pounds again because of how difficult it was. And I'm not saying crate training is difficult, but you can make it so much harder by making these mistakes. One, avoiding crate training altogether. Two, building negative associations. And number three is only using the crate when you need it. You should use the crate every single day, multiple times a day. Again, get this in your mind. It's not a negative thing. Having your dog hang out in a crate is not negative. 
Having your dog hang out in a crate should be natural for them. You should be able to leave the door open and they should want to hang out in there. And I don't mean make it an inviting space with pillows and blankets and stuffed toys. Some dogs do not like that. For example, both of my dogs do not like that. One of them will shove it all into a corner and then lay on the the plastic. He prefers the plastic. I don't know why. (laughs) I don't know why. I've gotten him many different types of beds. He does not want them in there. And if I put things in there, he will take them out in order to lay down in an empty crate. That's just how he is. And that's fine. I've accepted that. Some dogs love beds. Some dogs, it's a choking hazard. If you have a puppy, there shouldn't be a bed in there. Yes, we want our dogs to be comfortable. Yes, we don't want to damage their bones by having them lay on hard surfaces. Carpet is wonderful for that. But if a puppy is prone to chewing, don't give them a bed. One, you're going to waste your money. Two, they can choke and they could get very seriously injured. And that's not something I want for you and your family. But only using the crate when you need it goes back to the example I mentioned earlier of rushing. If I need to use the crate right now and I haven't practiced anything and my dog doesn't go in the first time I ask, now I got to go grab them, shove them into the crate and close the door. Now they hate me going after them thinking they're going to go into a crate. So some dogs will become aggressive and they'll bite and other dogs will avoid you at all costs. They'll run away from you, whether you're going to put them into the crate or not. Now you've created a harder challenge for you when you start training. Right? Let's see. Let's say you're, you're listening to this and you're going, oh, man, I've, I've been avoiding my crate training. I've been building negative associations and I've only been using the crate when I need it, when I have to leave the house and my dog freaks out when I leave and I, I throw them into the crate. That's separation anxiety. <clears throat> But really what's happening is you are creating a deeper rooted issue, which is a lack of trust. Because now you're going to start your training and the first problem you're going to run into, excuse me, the first problem you're going to run into is not having your dog want to go into the crate when there's nothing going on. They are not going to trust going into the crate for a while. It might be a couple days. If you're really dedicated, it might be a week or two. If you're not, you're going to get frustrated and you still have to put them in the crate when you have to do things. So you're, you're, you're in this cycle of, well, I don't want to punish them and I don't want to use it only when I need to, but I don't have the time to train. I don't have the wherewithal and I'm not in the right mindset. So if I go to put them into the crate, now I'm in this cycle again where they don't like being into the crate and, they, and now I got to start the training, but they don't like the training because they don't like going into the crate because I rush and da, 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 and it just goes into a cycle. They don't want to go into the crate. You try to get them to go into the crate. They don't trust you. So you try to train it, but you're not going in with the right mindset or the skills, right? You might not have the skills to teach it. You might not have the ability to teach a, a dog to go into the crate effectively. So now when you do need to rush, you rush and shove them in, which makes them not like the crate and damage the trust, which makes training harder, which means next time you go to do it. And it's just this vicious cycle. You're going to keep going through it until you break the cycle and breaking the cycle means stop doing what you're doing. Realize what you're doing. Number one, record everything you're doing for the next three days. Keep everything the same and just write down everything you're doing and now start to point them out. Man, I put my dog into the crate early. Right? Oh, man, I, I waited until 10 minutes before I had to go to work to throw my dog in the crate. Oh, I got mad at the kids and work is being very difficult for me. So I'm all stressed out and I took it out on the dog by throwing him into the crate when they, they jumped on me. Whatever it is. All of those things are going to contribute to having a harder time in crate training. It, it just is. That's what happens. 
So how do you go about teaching your dog to go into the crate? The first thing, I'm only going to give you this one thing to do. Because if you can't commit to this one thing, you're not going to go through the whole process. The first thing is build a positive association. However, you may do that. You might put your dog's favorite chew toy into the crate and have them go in and get it and play fetch that way. That's fine. Breakfast and dinner is fantastic. Maybe just hiding treats in there when they're not looking. And then when they do happen to go in there, they get something good and they'll be more likely to investigate the crate. That might be a wonderful solution, especially if they don't trust you. If you're near the crate and they won't go in it, then they don't trust you in the crate. Might be because you always close the door on them. So if you can teach them to investigate the crate without you being there, it'll build their confidence in the crate. And then we can work on their confidence with you later on. But those are the three big mistakes. Avoiding the crate altogether. Make sure you get your mind right. The crate isn't a bad thing. Building a negative association. You're not trying to punish your dog with the crate. Don't use the crate as a punishment. You can use it as management. If your dog does something bad, you can put them in there, but don't add any punishment to it. Don't say, oh, you're going in the crate because you did this bad thing. Nope, just say box, crate, kennel. They go up, great. You give them a treat for going in there because they did listen to you that time, whether they chewed up your sock or your couch or whatever it is. And I know it's difficult because you're frustrated, you're angry, you're upset, whatever it may be. But you can't risk damaging all the hard work you did simply because of your current emotional state. And number three, only using it when you need it. My dogs love their crate and they hang out in them all the time. Every day your dog should be in a crate for at least 20 minutes. At least 20 minutes. Thank you guys for listening. Thank you. I always appreciate you educating yourselves and growing as a dog owner and trainer. I will see you guys on the next podcast.